Downtown Productions in cooperation with Zone Radio presents Downtown, the podcast. From the historic Zone Radio studios, here's your host, Rich Kimball. Why, hello there. Welcome in. Yes, it's true. It's Downtown, the podcast. Episode number 278. From the Zone Radio studios in Bangor, Maine, brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. We have got two mighty fine conversations for you this week. A little bit later on, multi-talented entertainer and friend of the show, John Davidson, pays an in-studio visit with us. Up first, though, a guy we've had on the show a number of times. He is a terrific writer. One of my favorite books of his is Moonlighting and Oral History. And so uh, we reached out to Scott Ryan to talk about the recent news that Moonlighting, after a long, long wait, will finally be available on a streaming service. We talk moonlighting with Scott Ryan here on Downtown. The news came out last week, and I, well, last time we talked with you, we discussed some of the issues, but, but for anybody who might have missed it, what took so long? Well, the main issue was the music rights, just like Holds Up the Wonder Years and many other shows from the 80s. China Beach went through this, 30-something. Um, back in the 80s, they didn't sign contracts for streaming because here's something for you millennials there was no such thing as streaming (laughs) it wasn't invented there wasn't even home video yet so some of these songs were put on the show by a handshake deal so there was no contract for any of this and it's just taken all this time for disney to finally say they want to pay up and and sign those contracts so who should get the credit for this? How, how much of a role did Glenn Gordon Karen play in making this finally come to fruition? Uh, it all comes down to Glenn. He was the one that contacted Disney and said, let's make this happen. Um, I talked to Glenn one day before the announcement. He called me to give me a heads up, which was very kind of him. And, you know, he said they that Always, the music was important to him. And he told me that all the major songs that play a major part in plot are there. Well, that's fantastic news. But but you're right about that, too, because uh, for those of us who love Moonlighting, it would be hard to take some of those songs out of the mix. It just wouldn't be the same show. Yeah, and, you know, the very famous, the most, famous episode as far as the ratings go is the episode where Dave and Maddie finally do it. Well, it's totally edited to be my baby by the Ronettes. Now, if they, you know, put in a score there or, you know, they, they change it up and, and have some song you never heard of, like be my good friend, you know, (laughs) you'd be devastated. And it wouldn't match. You need to have that drum beat and that excitement and all of that. And, you know, I, there were a couple songs I immediately asked him, did we get Be My Baby being one of them? He said yes. You know, there was nothing that they said no to. Now, for the diehard, no pun intended, um, not all the music is there. But... For the majority of fans, you're not going to notice. So it was instrumentals that are playing like when Dave and Natty are on a case and they go into a bar. You know, the song that was playing, it, it might be a different song now. 
But, you know, very few people are going to remember what song was playing then. Well, that's a good compromise right there. All these years later, Scott, there's still and has been no other show like Moonlighting. It remains. And others others have tried to copy that style. But but what was it about that group of actors, writers, directors that, that made it so different from anything else on television? Well, it was that question that led me to doing the book. It, it drove me crazy for years. I never understood why there wasn't a show that was alive as Moonlighting. And to me, that's the way to describe Moonlighting. And I can't wait for new viewers to consume this on Hulu. It starts October 10th. And they're just going to see, like, every show feels dangerous and like it just happened. And it's because it did just happen. Uh, the reason it's never happened again is because ABC allowed Glenn to write that show on the fly. And sometimes they were editing the episode on Monday night to get it out on Tuesday at 9. So it didn't go through censors. It didn't go through executives. There wasn't a load of people having their hands in what happened. It all came from Glenn Gordon Karen, and at least for the first three seasons. Then, you know, they started to tighten the screws. But that's why. I don't think anyone has ever been given that much power on a network TV show before or after. Well, and their their willingness, and it became part of the show, to break that fourth wall, to talk directly to the audience, but also to break character and to refer to, well, even their own struggles at coming up with new episodes. And I think that made the audience bond with everybody on the show even more. Yeah, and, and I'm curious how that's going to play in streaming when people are binging these episodes, because there were a lot of jokes in the show about reruns. I watched this show when it was on, and you might go four to six weeks between episodes, uh, and it killed you. And you and the TV Guide didn't even know because they <laughs> they weren't sure. They used to they used to do promos saying we don't know if this week's episode is going to be new or not. Tune in to find out. And that wasn't like a marketing ploy, which it would be today. They literally had no idea if they would finish it in time. We're talking with Scott Ryan here on Downtown. Well, the magic between Sybil Shepherd and, and Bruce Willis was, was undeniable. And we talked about this with you before. It's hard to imagine now that there were, there were folks at the network and in other places that absolutely did not want Bruce Willis. <laughs> exactly. Um, in fact, the casting agent was fired for bringing Bruce. They said, I can't believe you would even bring him up. You're fired. We don't ever want to hear this name again. He did get rehired once they finally <laughs> hired Bruce. But that's how they just said there is no way any woman would be sexually attracted to Bruce Willis. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you talking about? He goes on to be you know, the sexiest man that comes out of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, and Bruce Willis, to me, is that classic guy, and, and uh, this description has been used with others, but I, I feel like it was invented for him that every woman every woman wanted to be with him and every man wanted to be him. Yeah, and I certainly wanted to be him. Uh, he influenced me so much. I was 15 when the show started, and his smarmy attitude was exactly how I felt. 
And I think fans of David Letterman and Bill Murray and all of that kind of thumbing their nose at authority and not taking themselves too seriously is like, is just right up a Gen Xer's alley. And of course, there were there were well-documented tensions on the set, especially after Bruce had become a movie star. But, but it seems like as time has gone on, and, and you brought it up a lot in the book, that, that everybody has mellowed a lot. And, and Sybil Shepard certainly looks back very fondly on what this show did for her career. Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard for Sybil at the time because the show was pitched as being a star vehicle for her. And then you have this, this unknown actor. But when the show ends, Bruce had done Die Hard, which was the number one movie of the year, and he was the biggest movie star in the world. And I think that was hard for her. But she's over it now. When I interviewed her, she never had a bad thing to say about Bruce Willis, ever. She loves him. Um, She loves Glenn. You know, it was just a pressure cooker situation. They were getting these scripts sometimes at three in the morning um, and they had to do them tomorrow. And you got to, and you know, if you've seen the show, you know, they talked fast. It wasn't like the lines were easy. They were, they were musical. They were lyrical. And with the news of late about Bruce's condition, boy, it adds a, a whole new level of, of poignance to what's going on here because he was he was so good and so quick with those rapid fire lines and that brilliant timing and it makes it makes uh, his condition even that much more sad yeah and i don't know this for a fact but i like to think that that helped everyone bend a little bit to make moonlighting come out you know Disney might have seen, well, this is a good time to pay tribute to Bruce Willis when people are interested. And Glenn might have said, you know what, let's let's bend on a couple of these songs that that weren't plot based and get this out. Because I love Bruce Willis as an actor, as an action adventure person, of course. But as a comic actor in Moonlighting. He's brilliant. And I'm glad that that isn't going to be forgotten. I think it's going to be a surprise to people who only know him from Die Hard. Oh, there's no question about that. And of course, the supporting characters, uh, it wouldn't have been the same kind of show without the work of our, our mutual friend Curtis Armstrong and the wonderful Elise Beasley. Oh, of course. And Curtis, is like he did everything for that show. You want to put him in a dress, put him in a cake, he does it. You know, you want him to sing sexual healing in the wrong key, he does it. I mean, there is nothing that Curtis did not do for that show. And at the time, people kind of turned on uh, Agnes and Herbert because they wanted to see Dave and Maddie. But again, with streaming, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I feel like television now does devote episodes to other characters. So I think those episodes are going to play better. And, I mean, you've got to be impressed with Curtis Armstrong in his Casablanca spoof episode. It's, it's one of the best episodes of Moonlighting, and I'm excited that it's going to be there. And the other thing we have to talk about, it's not just that it's streaming. They have gone back to the original negative and upgraded this to 4K. Mm. It's going 
to be beautiful. Nobody has seen this before. Like the DVDs weren't done with that. It's never been done before. So this is going to be like seeing Moonlighting for the first time, and it's going to be in complete high def. Well, and you mentioned Curtis's great work on the Casablanca episode, but he was also great in what might be my favorite episode, Atomic Shakespeare, because he was the only guy who, who really had some Shakespearean experience. Yeah, and they gave him all the exposition right. in that episode. <laughs> so he has some Shakespearean uh, soliloquies without, like, the jokes that Sybil and Bruce get to have. I mean, everyone's great in that episode. But when you watch it from a critical standpoint, you see that Curtis is, is carrying the water. I also cannot wait to see, because it's one of my favorites, and I think it... I think it was the episode right before that, chronologically, uh, the, the brilliant idea of setting an entire ser an entire episode of the series to Billy Joel's song, Big Man on Mulberry Street. Yes, that is um, always tied for my favorite episode because I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, and Big Man on Mulberry Street is my ringtone. So when you called me for this <laughs> radio station appearance, Big Man was playing. That episode is incredible, and I think it's going to be the single most pivotal episode for streaming because I, I think our culture today might want to say, well, David Addison's inappropriate, and he shouldn't be saying those things. But once you get to Big Man on Mulberry Street, you learn something about David Addison that reframes all of the things. So hang in there before you judge. These are complex characters. These are not Internet characters from today. These are very real, complex human beings, what? Dave and Maddie. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that, Scott, because, yeah, it was we learned as the series went on and we learned more about David's past. It added so much depth to the character and, and explained some of the things that he did along the way. And it, it made the series and that David and Maddie relationship that much richer as a result. Yeah, and it's, it's true of Maddie as well. Um, you know, it was a big deal that a female owned the business. That, you know, going out in 1985, that wasn't what was put on television. Um, Maddie was a trailblazing character. And then as the series goes on, they really do develop the David character beyond his wisecracking comments, which, you know, I don't, I wish I would have developed out of my wisecracking comments. Unfortunately, <laughs> I never did. <laughs> well, I, for those of us who loved the show when it was first on and have, have gone anywhere to find episodes online through the years, uh, so excited to have it come back. And, and do you think that now that it will be out there on streaming, that Moonlighting will take what I think is its well-deserved place among the greatest series of all time? I do. I think especially the fact that it's hitting right during this writer strike because it's going to be a while before television comes back. And, you know, people are just given a beautiful gift of 66 great episodes. Um, you know, there's, there's, you can argue about whether season four, some people love it, some people hate it. Um, it's my favorite part of my book because I get behind of the stories of why season four happens. But I still love it. I think this is going to be a treat to people, and it's going to give them something that they haven't seen either ever or haven't seen since the 80s because it's, it's just not been around. 
Well, I think what people need to do, Scott, if they haven't already, is to get your book, read that, and then uh, be ready for the streaming debut next week. Wow, I didn't even think of that idea. I mean, <laughs> what an idea. I like it. Yeah, Absolutely. It. And when you buy it directly from me at TuckerDFPress.com, I can sign it. Even so better right go there. Out there and, and it's in full color, and it's a heck of a story. So I think people are going to be excited about it. That's a wonderful plan right there. Pulling it all together. Scott, it's always great to talk with you. Appreciate you making some time for us this afternoon. I plan on going back and, and rereading the book before I get a chance to watch those episodes again. But uh, thanks so much for being with us this afternoon. We'll, we'll talk with you again down the road. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Scott Ryan talking moonlighting with us here on Downtown. We will pause for a moment for a word from Cross Insurance. And when we return, John Davidson joins us here on Downtown. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Thanks again to Scott Ryan for being with us. Well, John Davidson uh, has done it all in his career. Singer, actor, game show host, talk show host. Filled in for Johnny Carson, I think, more than anybody. And is a great friend of our show. And uh, he was coming to Eastern Maine to do a little TV taping. So John recently stopped in to visit with us right here in studio. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be back. John, it's so great to have you here. As a kid, I used to go up to Dover Foxcroft and uh, Charleston, Maine, to visit my grandmother's sister, who to me would be... Great aunt. What is that? Great, great aunt, yeah. What, but she, but she's my grandmother's sister. So what is that? What's the relationship? Yeah, isn't that great aunt? Great aunt. Great aunt, yeah. yeah. Who was a little dinghy. Oh. Her name was Aunt Flossie. And... uh, (laughs) I think that goes with the name, right? I don't know. But Charleston, who, who, uh, do you go to, do, do, do they get you in Charleston? They do. Oh, yeah. We're big in Charleston. Do I they think. get you, but do they get you? No, no, they don't no, get me, but they, <laughs> and we, I think we've talked about this before, I that your, your family was tied to Higgins Classical Institute, yes. right? Th- yes. That's a relative of mine. Yeah. Yes. Everything is relative, but I, I, that was, it used to be, uh, yeah, the Higgins Institute. Is that still going? No, no, no but oh, okay. legendary well, around here. Well, Aunt Flo- Grandma, Aunt, Great Aunt Flossie's house is a block away from the Higgins Institute. Wow. Yeah, that's on my mother's side of the family, Higgins. Um, anyway, so it's great to be with you once again. Yeah, it's so good to see you here. You're doing Danny Cashman's show at the Gracie Theater tonight, taping, doing a couple different episodes, right? Doing two shows. They got me for two shows, but I'm not singing on one. I was had this song all planned, but they cut it. Becky Sue done fell in love. She planned to marry Joe. She was so doggone happy, she went to tell her pappy so. 
You can't marry Joe, my dear. You'll have to find another. That's one thing your ma don't know. Joe is your half-brother. So Becky said goodbye to Joe and planned to marry Will. When she told her pappy, he said, Girl, there's trouble still. You can't marry Will, my dear. You'll have to find another. That's nothing your ma don't know. Will is your other half-brother. So Ma took Becky's suicide, said, do what makes you happy. You can marry Will or Joe. Wait for it. Cause you ain't no kin to Pappy. You can marry Will or Joe. Ain't no kin to Pappy. Only here wow. on the Wish Wow, beautiful, beautiful. I love that, John. Now, I'm going on to the, the, the uh, not as important as your show, but to Danny Cashman's. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's TV. That's, that's network that's, affiliate that's TV. TV. That's right. Did you notice I have makeup on? I didn't. I just thought you looked that good naturally. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm going to be 82 in December. That does not seem right. I said to a friend of mine, you think I look 82? She said, No. You used to, but not anymore. <laughs> anyway, I, so I'm, I've got some jokes that I want to try on on his show. Sure, you want to that, that I thought I would try out on you. Would you and test see you them here on radio. Yeah, I'm driving down 95 to Boston, trying to go to the airport, and my friend called me and said, "Johnny, be careful, careful on 95." It's they just said on the radio, "There's a guy, uh, there's, there's there's a car going the wrong way on 95," and I said, "One car." There's a whole bunch of them. <laughs> Is that funny that's a, that's a winner. That's a winner, yes. Okay, good. That's a TV joke. You stick with that one. All right, number two. Okay. Uh, I don't mean to, not number two. It's, right. it's, no, here's I, the no, second I, one. I know what you're saying. Um, uh, why do men like women who wear leather? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I thought you would know this. Why do men like women who wear leather? Because they smell like a new car. <laughs> I really like that. I like that one too. Now, I think these are. Don't don't just kiss my ass. I mean, don't, no, don't just not, laugh. No, no. If it's not funny, don't laugh. Damn it! You're, it's look. You're John Davidson. It's no, all no. in the presentation anyway. It's good. It's good material, but in lesser hands, that might bomb. But, it, but not with you. Is it good enough for Dan uh, Cashman? Oh, easily. Oh, knock knock jokes are good enough yeah, for Dan. Yeah, Come yeah. on, no, I, I can't. I I'm can't. I love Dan. No, that. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, uh, uh, next one. Um, uh, oh, I can't think. Oh, I, I was sobbing. I was, I was crying my heart out, and my my eyes were all red and and swollen, and my nose was running. And I said, "You, I'm not going to allow you to do this to me anymore." And my trainer said, "It was a sit up. You did one <laughs> sit up." <laughs> Is that good enough? I, I, yeah. I think that, that works. That I, I do. I think it works. Well, don't be such a pushover. Do you? No, that works. Where's your critical? Don't you do critiques? I and... do. Look, if you if you drop something that's awful, I'll let you know. I want you to go out there and embarrass yourself on so, on TV in Maine. There'd be dozens of people that could see you there. <laughs> Some might be from Charleston. Yeah, this, this is a tough room. So Mother Mouse is walking across mm. the kitchen floor with sure. her little mouselets. Other mouses walking across the kitchen floor with their mouselets. All of a sudden, a huge cat jumps down. Shoo, huge cat right in front of her. Mother mouse goes, row, 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 row. The cat 
cat was out of there in a flash. Mother Mouse turns to her little mouseless and says, you see, that is the benefit of having a second language. <laughs> I did not see that coming. I did I not. I was trying to see where that was I, going. Is that okay? Four yeah. for four, I think. Right, Those right. are all I winners. I got a brand new SUV. Oh. oh, just got a brand new car. Mm. It has all the bells and whistles. You talk about, uh, uh, what do they call it, um, artificial intelligence. On the dashboard... There's even a button that says rear wiper. <laughs> I'm afraid to push it. <laughs> Chris, you're laughing at everything. Because I knew where you were going there. I Yeah, you, yeah, you got a little ahead of me. I, I'm sorry. I I'm tried sorry. to slow down to try to, you know, but uh, I got one Well, Leon, I'm, I'm sharper than the average audience member here. <laughs> I used to do... More. Stand up, and I know when they work and they don't. Those I don't work. know. I don't know. Now, I thought this would work in my my in and club sandwich, uh, and uh, they it, it was. I think it was maybe too. I went too far. What is the difference? <laughs> I haven't told you the joke. Yeah, but already I like it too far. <laughs> what is the difference between kinky and perverted? I, I don't know, John. Kinky is when you tickle your wife with a feather. Perverted is when you use the whole chicken. Oh! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the club sandwich audience uh, mixed reviews on that one. Mixed reviews. Wow, it was, yeah. I, I could, I could, uh, I could hear crickets. Start tap dancing as soon as <laughs> I started singing. Right now. Ah, back to you soon. I'm so season three wrapping up soon at Club Sandwich. Yeah, I only have a couple of weeks left. Uh, when when will people be lucky enough to to hear this piece of uh, show business history? This here? Yeah, are we live? We're live. This oh, is live. live? Right? Oh yeah. This... Oh, I, I would have been better if I knew that. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, uh, yeah. I'm this Friday. By the way, I have seats this Friday night. I you have seats available for your show? That I never know, happens. Yes. Um, it's usually sold out. My Fridays, uh, my Sunday is oversold. I gotta mm. put, seriously, I gotta put up extra chairs. I, there's a deal Saturday night with the Foothills Cafe in, in Sandwich Nova. Which right, is a great right spot. Yeah. Made a deal with them. Took uh, $5 off my ticket price, and they took $5 off their dinners, and we did a dinner theater thing. And that they've, they're only supposed to sell 10. They sold 18 seats. Whoa. So I'm going to have some people sitting on stage with me. But um, Friday night, I have some extra seats. Now, do you? Do they? Everybody know where Club Sandwich? It's in Sandwich, New Hampshire. Sandwich, New Hampshire. It's a beautiful drive Lakes over there. Region. It's in the Lakes Region. It's a. It's a right near Meredith, right mm -hmm. where all near Winnipesaukee. It's about three hours down there, so you, it's a real commitment. You have to really want to see John Denver. But it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> but the, the foliage is, is, is kicking up in, at, in the at mountains. Least, yeah. At least they can see the foliage. Yeah. If, if John isn't that good, you can say, "Well, we saw the foliage." Yeah. Um, and then you've got a big adventure coming up here. You, you've the last couple of years you've you've headed down to your your boat in Mexico, but you're going the extra mile this year, or many miles. Yes, uh, I my son lives there with 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 his his wife Claudia Mexicana, and my granddaughters are, are bilingual. I study a lot of Spanish. It's a 42 foot Californian. It's a it's a it's the smallest liveaboard you can do. But for one guy, you know, because I'm, you know, I've been married twice and I live alone now. 
which says something about <laughs> no i married great ladies and both my wives are very happy much happier now as so I, I live alone my my second wife a fabulous lady didn't want me to do club sandwich because i'm not a businessman i've, I've failed at everything I've, i went to branson and the theater went bankrupt um and uh and my first wife whatever so then and my and Rhonda also didn't want to live on a boat and i said i'm going to be I'm getting coming to my 80s now, and I want to do, I want to have a, a last adventure. So on November the 26th, I am leaving La Paz uh, with with somebody with me. I'm not going by myself, of course, mm-hmm. because you should never go boating alone, right? Um, or swimming. Or uh, I'm leaving La Paz, going over to the mainland to Puerto Vallarta. Can you picture La Paz is near Cabo San Lucas? Okay, you go across. Across the Sea of Cortez. I saw Buster Brooks. You go across the Sea of Cortez. You, your audience doesn't know who that is. Go across to Puerto Vallarta. That's an overnight trip. My first wow. nighttime trip. And the reason why I took November 20th, actually it's the 27th when I'm going across, is because that's full moon. So oh, full moon oh, that'll be beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, and mostly I can see where I'm going. Yeah. Puerto Vallarta. Get there by the next afternoon. And slowly, I'm going to go around the, on the Mexican mainland, around to, um, uh, what's the next one? Oh, Ma, uh, Manzanillo, where um, the movie 10 was shot uh, with Bo Derek and... and uh, Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore, yes. On the beach. And then going down to um, Zihuataneo, and then down to Acapulco, where the, all the gang murders are. And then down <laughs> below that to Huatulco, and then across the Gulf of Tehuantepec, the winds that come from the Gulf of Mexico through the Gulf of Tehuantepec are called the Tehuantepecers. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really are. Are they really? Okay. It's, a, it's sure. in the book. <laughs> and then down to, and then straight on down. I'm going to pass El Salvador. I'm sorry if you have any listeners from El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Honduras. I'm just going to go straight down. Again, that's two days overnight. And uh, to... Uh, uh, Better find out there. Costa Rica, and spend uh, uh, like a week there, and then through the down to the Panama Canal. Wow! Yeah, and then through the canal into the Gulf of Mexico, up to uh, some islands, and then uh, Roatan, and then up to Belize, and then up to Cancun, Cozumel, and then across to Florida. I'm going to go up the intercoastal. Wow! All the way from Florida up to maybe Portsmouth, certainly Boston. Wow! Where my I have a daughter in Boston. And I may, and eventually, so I can cruise in New England, and I may come up and see you and ask you oh. to come riding with me on my boat. That would be great. Come right up the Penobscot River here. And, you can yeah. dock right in Bangor. Yeah. It's a, well, okay. it's a deep channel out there. Oh, yeah. We get some big ships. Well, first, I have to go 3,500 miles. I mean, it's a long trip. But it is a long trip. And, uh, but yeah, yeah. But you, so you have a skilled person with you, right? No. No? I, I have a person who is willing to go. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's 33. He's a nice kid. Yep. He, sp- he speaks very little English. I'll be able to work on my Spanish. But he's single. He lives with his folks. My my deckhand that I have working for me in La Paz is, is more skilled, but he has two little kids. You know, oh, not yeah. everybody can take off and do this. Right. You you couldn't, you know. But this guy, his name I is... I probably could. Lu- <laughs> his, his name is Luis and uh, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting a Starlink. Phone. Oh, good, good. 
Le, Le, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, he needs the money. Whatever you think of Elon <laughs> Musk, I mean, you know, he's very controversial. But he has revolutionized boating. Mm, Star oh, sure, yeah. Communication. Right. Everybody I so, know, the deep water sailors have it. It's, you have the internet anywhere in the world. Right. So I could still be on your show. Right, well, I say we'll have to check in during your journey and see how you're doing. I'm going to do a show on Patreon. You know what Patreon no, I do, yeah, is? absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to do, uh, you can, uh, for a small fee, you can watch half-hour shows. I'm going to sing on the act, half deck. Becky Sue Dunfallon. No, I'm going to sing songs like Cool Change. Love that song. We had Glenn Shorick who wrote that on the show. Yeah, he called us from Australia. Yep. Love that song. That's oh, a great song. If there's one, I'm still working on it. If there, yeah, if there's one thing in my life that's missing, anything uh, alone, right? Sailing on the clear and blue waters. I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning it, but yeah. uh, I'm going to sing a song with every episode on Patreon. And um, people can sign up and, and see her song every show. And then about how to do this. I don't have a rich man's boat. My boat, right. uh, I'll get into all what it costs to go cruising, what it costs to run away on a boat. That sounds wonderful. Well, I look forward to it. And we can follow the adventures. Uh, we subscribe to the newsletter, right? Or go to the website. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Follow you on the social media world. Uh-huh. All right. I have, I'm getting not only a star, uh, what's it, uh, star, Starlink, I'm getting in, in Reach Mini 2, which is a thing that shows a blip. Every 10, 10 minutes, it'll, it'll be another blip. Oh, nice. And, and if you don't see any more blips, mm. call somebody. <laughs> People use can that can we follow your blips online? There's no more blips. He's gone. <laughs> We've People lost John. Yeah, I'm sorry. They use that on the Appalachian Trail now. People, yes, they do. People that, that hike it. And that happened. A friend of ours just suddenly wasn't going anywhere for a while. The hell happened? Well, it turned out he aborted the trip, but he didn't bother to tell all his friends who were following. <laughs> I thought he was dead. He's fine. Yeah, right. it is for hikers too. Yeah. All right, yeah, John. I want to get you out of here because don't, don't you have to sell something? Well, I don't want you to be late for Danny's show. Well, what time? Is it's it? about five eighteen. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah. I gotta go. I'm, I know. I've enjoyed this so much. You're only about five minutes away, but I want to get you out of here in time. To... Thanks, thanks. I I hope he's as much fun as you guys. Are <laughs> no, I'm gonna be <laughs> honest. You, no. Thank you, Rich. Oh, he will be. I mean, if Christie's there, she's great. Danny's, yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he's under pressure. He's on TV. Nobody right, can see right. us. It is wonderful to see you, John. We'll be looking forward to your shows uh, with Danny on the night show. We'll follow your travels. Good luck the last two weekends of Club Sandwich. And Thank you. Have a wonderful time at sea. Bye. Well, Bye, everybody. John Davidson visiting with us here on Downtown. Great to see John again. Our thanks to him for paying a visit. Thanks to author Scott Ryan. And, and of course, thanks to you for joining us this week on Downtown. Brought to you every week by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Downtown is a production of Downtown Productions and is produced by Carrie Haskell. This is Rich Kimball. We will see you next time right here on downtown.